0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series but specifically kind of a new show uh, the day after matches Uh, and it's not it's not going to be a specific show in which I can promise it will be after every single match. The morning after every single match, because a number of reasons as to why. Some games I am able to do a reaction after the games on the channel, like we did last night, because my shift is as such that I can do the, you know, I can do the the, the reaction. But sometimes, especially the evening games, so I'm working it, I'm working till like midnight, so I'm not going to do a reaction. So I wait and do it the next morning. But in the case of yesterday's game, where I was able to do a show yesterday evening in reaction. Uh, The mornings after games typically are filled with absolutely no news regarding transfers. And that is certainly the case uh, with Arsenal Uh, today. There is just nothing. Uh, And so instead of just sitting there and not giving you any content, I thought what would be better is let's, let's create a new show. Let's create a new show called The Debrief, in which the morning after... Uh, a match in which i've already done a reaction uh we get a lot of your thoughts and feelings in the chat box about the game and we cover a number of the key topics from the match and of course with today's uh kind of fallout from the whole bamyang situation and smith rose situation regarding his uh, ability to get in the arsenal lineup i thought we would cover those two topics um so please do still drop a like on the video i appreciate you all tuning in as well as always and uh, subscribe if you're new. Good morning to everybody in the chat box. We've got Kaiser, we've got Gunny, uh, we've got Stevie, Paul, David, Matt, we've got Eugene, Adit. yeah, we've got John, we've got Christopher, Steve, uh, Olu, Vengerson, uh, we've got Laszlo, we've got Canoe, we've got Black & Blanca, we've got David, Emmanuel, Steve Stone. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in, as always. A massive, massive thank you to everyone that is indeed tuning in across all the platforms. Appreciate your time. Um, And so, yeah, we're going to kick off with the topic around Aubameyang's situation of captaincy. It's something that we briefly touched upon in yesterday's reaction. Uh, There is still going to be a QA and a session at the end, don't you worry. Once we've gone through uh, the first couple of topics, we'll be going to you guys in the chat box a lot regarding uh, questions, so don't worry. If you come along for the Q&A, it's not going anywhere. We'll still be doing the Q&A session, so don't you worry about that. But, yeah, we kick off by talking about Aubameyang's captaincy, and we discussed this a lot on yesterday's show, and I'm going to open with the same question that I opened with yesterday in the sense of just flat out, what are your thoughts on the captaincy in the chat box? Tell me whether or not you feel that he should be losing that captaincy, whether he should be stripped of that captaincy, Uh, and the captaincy should be given to someone else. If you think so, please do give your reasons as to why. And if you think not, also give your reasons. That's the the most fascinating part of this discussion, is finding out your reasons as to why you feel the way you do about the captaincy, and also who should take it on. If you feel like Bamiyang should be certainly attempting, uh, or rather the club should be attempting to move on the captaincy, who should be taking it on? Good morning to everybody else that's joined us. In the last few moments <clears throat> as well. I was sure my throat was fine. It is. You know that moment. I'm, I'm like Chris Davison. I'm getting a frog stuck in my throat. That's that's what that's what it is. So whilst you're getting your ass into the chat, take a quick sip and uh, we'll move forward. Uh, Lazlo says Captain should lead by example, so we should be taking it off him. Social though, pointing out if you strip him with the captaincy, he would just get tattooed on instead. Oh, the shade being thrown in abamiyang's direction yeah i mean look i think it's uh, there's a balance to the argument if you take the captaincy off of abamiyang what you find is is you're in a situation whereby you've got a, an unhappy player already turning into an even more frustrated figure in the dressing room is that Too much of a volatile situation to do mid-season. Should it be something that you wait until the end of, say, the season in the pre-season? I mean, as Neptune says there, it might create more problems. Is it whereby you need to wait and then maybe do it at the end of the season and then you can make a decision on the player's future? If you do it now, is it too soon? It's certainly something that we need to consider. Matt G says, absolutely, he should lose the captaincy. He's not setting a good example to the rest of the team. Thomas said, Alba should not be captain. This is not the first time this has happened. Ramsdale is captain material for me. John says, once is a mistake, twice is a pattern. Should lose the captaincy and give it to Ramsdale. Very interesting. Uh, Adidas says, in opinion, we had nine plus XG last game. Do we think if dropping a Bamiyang in Everton and Man United games, would we be in the top four? Well, he was dropped for the Everton game and we struggled. We we used the exact same lineup, of course, didn't we, in that game as we did against Southampton yesterday. So I'm not sure they're as closely linked. What I would say is that seemingly we can play very well and very creatively and finish plenty of chances without a in the team. Owen, oh, yes, 100 percent regardless of who the manager is in the future, a is a good times player. A captain is for the bad times, someone that is going to you know drive you through those low moments and galvanize a squad and turn around rather than the heads dropping and ultimately people looking to your captain and you're seeing a dejected figure, as we can often see with Aubameyang when things aren't going particularly well. Walk says, leave him with the captaincy, a play like a set, and give him the armbands. Paul says, we are the only Premier League team with a striker as a captain. Two disciplinary issues before important games. Should lose him the captaincy. Give it to Tierney or Gabriel. Steve says, I hate to be negative about our players, but I am furious with Alba. Twice for the same offense, he has to lose the armband. No Sleep says we need to stop this cycle of giving the captaincy to the best player in the team at the time and instead give it to the best leader. It is something that we have seen at Arsenal. I mean, do you remember Fabregas had it? Thierry Henry had it for a time. rodman Van Persie had it. Now Aubameyang's got it. It does seem to me that that's a solid point, and I'm not sure it's certainly one that you need to be giving the armband to a player who is clearly the standout because... Yes, they lead by example, but that's a bit. You don't need an armband to be able to lead by example. And those players never should have necessarily been the captains of the sides. I liked it when the likes of Mertesacker or Kachelny or you know Tony Adams and Patrick Vieira these figures in the sides when they were the captains of the team. But when it's given to these types of players that are just the standout performers, if they're having a bad game, you don't tend to associate the leadership skills with those players that are going to galvanise through. and also. Having a a captain that's further back in the side or further back in the formation, you can actually see out into the team as well. And, you know, you can pick out certain points that say a striker is constantly trying to look for the ball, looking over, he's thinking all about that rather than thinking about the actual leadership abilities. Alex, no points out. He said we should wait until the summer. Then we strip him of the armband. The captain should be a stabilising influence, not another reason for worry for the manager. Give it to Tierney. Eugene says, I want a captain. I don't need the coolest captain in the world. Give it to Erdegaard. Rich says, first time you can say, okay, don't do it again. Second time, that's too far. He's 32 and he's been in the game for long enough to know better. Sorry, no excuses. Tierney or Ramsdale captains. For me, Ojo says, should have been strict when he was fined, uh, liking Ronaldo's post. Not a bad shout. uh, Went from missing open goals to the pitch altogether. Give the armband to Xhaka. Everyone who wears the armband becomes a villain anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Africa Theory TV says, for me, only Gabriel or Erdogan. Their heads never drop. And Oli says, hey, Tom, that's a good point. Eurice is the captain of spurs whereas kane is the best player uh well not this season gabriel's got more goals than in this season so uh very very interesting indeed let's um move on to our second topic now our second topic of the morning is of course emil smith rowe and how we get smith rowe back into the team and if you are watching on catch up make sure you are leaving your comments about bamyang's captaincy situation um Emile Smith-Rowe, how do you get back into the team? He sat on the bench yesterday. It was a really good-looking Arsenal side yesterday, and, and we played some really excellent football without him there. Scored goals, created big chances does he need to get back into the team? I mean, if he doesn't, then you continue with this side. You continue with the side of no Smith-Rowe. You play one of Laka or Alba up top, Martin, Aliyah, De For me, it's Lokonga and Partey, even maybe Lokonga and Maitland-Niles, but it doesn't have to be Partey and Xhaka. Lokonga needs to be in this team. But focusing specifically on the forward line, how do you get Smith-Rowe Back into the team get your ideas flowing into the chat box we'll be reading through plenty of them but just as a possible options that i've come up with how you could get smith Rowe back into the team we start off by looking specifically as the option to drop martinelli you just do a straight swap martinelli necessarily has, has sorry has been very very good for us in the last few games but plays in that left wing position the more natural switch would be to drop Gabriel Martinelli and move Smith-Rowe back into that left-wing position. However, Martinelli has been very good, as I say, and I know a lot of people don't want to see Martinelli dropped. And so, therefore, you drop the striker instead. Move Martinelli into that striking position, put Smith-Rowe on the left, Saka on the right, Odegaard, and your two midfielders behind those two. It's a very young team. In fact, the average age of this side is still around, I think, 23 which is incredibly young considering the players. You've got a goalkeeper that's 23, Tommy Asu, 22, Ben White, 23, Gabriel, 23, Tierney, 24, Lokonga, 22, 28-year-old Partey, 22-year-old Erdogan, 20-year-old Saka, 21-year-old Smithrow and 20-year-old Martinelli. It's an incredibly young team uh, and one that, I, you know, there could be concerns that there's not enough experienced heads in that side to push them forward. But if you're good enough, you're good enough, some people would say. The other and last option is to play a 4-3-3 system uh, in which you play Smith-Rowe and Erdogan as your offensive eights in front of a single defensive-minded midfielder, be that Laconga or Partey. And then you can keep your striker of Lacazette or Aubameyang and bring Martinelli into the left-hand side and Saka onto the right. They're kind of the options that I think we've got. So I'd be interested to know how you would tackle this and how you would look to get Smith-Rowe back into the Arsenal team and I mean Black and Blanco says do you change your winning side which is very good so all I would say to that is that we didn't change a losing side against Everton we you know we played the same exact starting lineup and we came out of a really positive result so there's arguments both ways as you say yes you do change your winning side to rotate to maintain you know freshness and fitness but at the same time is it worth moving towards a system that has not worked or moving away from a system that has worked? Uh, Christopher says, these are good problems to have. We haven't had these selection headaches enough. Magamo says, we need to play players in form, even if it means Noah Bamiang or Lacazette. I'll take it. Superman says, let's just do a Manchester City and uh, uh, put Martinelli as a full striker, play, sorry, Martinelli as a full striker, and have the front three of Saka smithrow and switch positions i have a dream and that is my dream i have a dream <laughs> martinelli playing as a striker Aditya says what about a 4-1-4-1 with emil smithrow and odegaard dropping deeper sometimes i think that's pretty similar to that 4-3-3 that i've put there laszlo says i love the 4-3-3 but defensively it's not solid enough do you think that back five including ramsdale back six including the defensive midfielder is enough to hold that position. Games FC says 4-3-3 sounds good with Partey dropped. David says we are too open defensively playing 2 eights. I mean, we've played this system a couple of times this season. We played it away at Burnley and we got a 1-0 win. We played it at home to Crystal Palace and we drew 2-2. So there is arguments that in both directions that it can work defensively. And that also you can get found out. Although saying that Against Crystal Palace, we did have two individual errors from Partey and Lokonga, which did lead to their goals. So there is arguably that in there as well. Rich says, Martinelli up front, Smith Rowe on the left. Martinelli won't get as many goals as Lacroix and Alba potentially, but he works harder and forces mistakes with his constant harrying. He never stops. I love it. John says, we've won one in a row. Smith Rowe must go back into the team. And I mean, it's a solid point. And we've beaten a poor Southampton side. You would say that, is that enough to justify not changing things against West Ham? I'm not so sure that it is. Steve Stone says Emil Smith-Rowe will get plenty of games due to rotation anyway. We have a busy period coming up, so I'm not overly concerned. Anne says, does Martinelli as a striker limit his effectiveness? He needs to be more involved. Possibly so. I mean, I, for one, believe that Martinelli is a wide forward. I think he is a winger. I don't look at him as a centre forward. I want him on the ball more. I like the way Harry's back and he covers the left back. I like the way in which he's so tenacious in trying to win the ball back. If you play him at striker, that's the position on the field where the player sees the least other than the goalkeeper. Only the striker sees the ball less than the goalkeeper in the team. Do I want Martinelli to be limited to the amount of touches on the ball? I'm not so sure that I do. I think that Martinelli, for me... Is a player that needs to be on the ball more, needs to be able to run at players, and he's going to be able to do that on the flanks. I'm not sure that the striker is the best option for Martinelli in the future. Mo Fala says, uh, we need impact subs. So it's important to have quality on the bench, alternate our players. However, Odegaard and Martinelli is a fear factor and we need that. Cass says, I like that formation. Tom, I just wish Arteta would mix it up to give the oppositions something to think about, but I can't see him doing this. Patrick says, Odegaard could have scored three against Everton and three against Southampton. He just needs to be more sharp. I mean, he could have had two assists if he'd have relied on the other players around him to be a bit sharper as well ian says what about a 3-5-2 formation could you see lacazette and martinelli playing off of one another erdogan playing in behind maybe a 3-4-3 situation could work as well to bring Tierney and Tavares into the side also there is options and they're good options to have and with that that does conclude the main portion of the show we've got about 10 to 15 minutes left so if you do want to throw some questions into the chat box then you can let's without further ado Go on to the q and a section of this morning's debrief okay, let's jump into the chat box and try to go through as many of your questions as feasibly possible i'm going to try and search through the chat box to try and get hold um chris pease says what happened to our captains fining players for turning up five minutes late how can our captain do that when he's never there oh, do you remember the days when you used to have fines there was a list of fines on. they might still have that and i mean i imagine they probably still do but when the captain's the one that's away and the captain's the one being fined it's not setting the best example for the players around him. Black and Blanco says, who will be the top scorer this season? Oh, that's a good question. Who? I mean, in terms of actual Arsenal's team right now, let's go and have a look at the current goal statistics of Arsenal and look at the stats. Uh, Let's go to squad statistics on Transomarkt. Detailed for this season. Goals so far this season. Uh, Gabriel has two uh Callum Chambers has one Bakaya Saka has three Thomas Partey has one Martin Odegaard has four Smith Rowe has six um, Pepe has one Abamyang has seven although saying that three of those were against West Brom's B team Alexandre Lacazette has four Martinelli has one and Eddie Nketiah has two you know, Smith-Rowe's got a real good chance this season of being our you know, our top scorer, probably. And uh, if he continues on this rich, famous form, if Abamyang stays out of the team, he's probably got a really good chance. Lacazette, if he comes in for Abamyang, he's going to play through that festive period, you would think, because of the African Cup of Nations in January. You'd expect maybe Lacazette's going to chip in with a fair few more goals. There's a chance that it could be him. It could be a brand-new striker that comes in in January. I still think I'd be pretty surprised if we signed someone in January in that position. But who knows? Maybe that's the position we end up going for. John Knott says, how much do we sell Aubameyang to Newcastle for in January? You can them for 10 million. Um, that's how much I would accept. Owen says, how much pressure does this relinquish from Arteta? That much? Not, not much at all, to be honest. I, I, was in, I was encouraged by the fact that when we scored, we didn't sit back. But you're not going to see a win over Southampton, however strong it may be, turn the minds of a lot of people that have got the doubts. The Everton and Manchester United games were huge tests for Arteta that he failed and ultimately both of those games there is a lot of fingers to be pointed towards the manager for those two results for the team selections for the in-game management for the way in which we sat back after we scored in both fixtures so I don't think that necessarily you're going to see it relinquish hardly any pressure West Ham is a massive game if he wins that it relinquishes a lot of pressure it also depends how we perform if you win that game if say West Ham dropped points today which I'm I'm not going to be watching because i'm going to be watching the f1 finale today but uh if he can get a result against west ham by a result i mean a win it would do wonders for the situation it absolutely would it's funny how quickly things can change in this league one minute you're seventh and you're out of the things and the next minute you're back in a top four race if you can win your next match it's it is pretty crazy um Matt says uh adding a new feature to the show i like this inventiveness matt matt's daily hypothetical in the next 10 years would you rather win three premier league titles or one champions league three premier league titles without a shadow of a doubt the enjoyment of winning one because it means that in those three premier league titles you're going to be in that top four as, a, as how you are going to be playing in the champions league but getting those three premier league titles I mean, it takes us further away from Chelsea. You'd imagine would be title challenges in those years. It would be great to see Arsenal win Premier League titles again and be back up there. And then in the next, in the following 10 years, Matt, you could then think that Arsenal would be up there as an as a side capable of winning the Champions League. Absolutely, I would rather see us win the uh, win the Premier League three times. Uh, 1300 Scarface says, uh, switching formations mean switching roles. So although in theory it sounds good, you do need to consider that some players aren't as effective in other formations. It's a very good point. Alex Inglis says, uh, if Arteta gets top four, do you want him to stay? I mean, if he gets if he gets top four, there is no doubt in my mind that he deserves to stay. If you get top four with this side, under under him and all the competition that there is for those places, I don't think there is too many arguments to say that he should be sacked at that point. But right now... That's not a reality, and it's very much a hypothetical. But if he gets top four, there's not really an argument to say that he should go, is there? That's where we would be at. Aditya says, is is this Arsenal team good enough for top four without any transfers? The answer is no, purely on the fact that they had the fifth-best squad and probably the eighth or ninth, tenth-best manager in the table. We don't have enough, really. If we're performing at our agreed level we aren't good enough for top four with what we've currently got because we had the fifth best squads. City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United are the top four best squads in the country and then you've got ourselves, you've got West Ham, you've got Spurs, um, you've got Leicester as well and there are teams that are underperforming at the moment, Leicester in particular, but ourselves, West Ham and Spurs are up there looking to try and get into that top four. Um, Man United as well obviously are looking to try and get to that top four position but If we do get top four this season, it's an overachievement. If we get to fifth, that's about where we are. If we get sixth, it's what we wanted to achieve in terms of getting back into Europe, but it would be an underachievement because there shouldn't be five teams finishing above us. There should only really be four. Uh, Olu says, do you think we are expecting too much from the team besides Man City? Most teams don't dominate games for 90 minutes. No, I don't think so, Olu, because I think what we're expecting is for Arsenal not to sit back once they've gone and taken a lead in games. Arsenal are a side that have, you know, we've we, we've in the past have been strong with possession. When we've scored, we've tried to look for the next goal. We've not played like a relegation threatened side that when they score, they sit back and absorb pressure and pray they don't concede. That's what we expect. You, I think that's a fair expectation is that when Arsenal score, they aren't sitting back and holding on for dear life. I don't think that's an expectation that's fair. The expectation that is fair is that Arsenal can push towards their getting kind of the, the second goal and killing off games. that should, Especially against sides like Everton, especially away at Man United against the Man United side that have got a lot of questions about them. We should be really taking the game to the opposition. We didn't do it against Crystal Palace earlier on the season, and that cost us points as well. So I think that we need to be pushing forward. Owen says, are you growing a beard, buying hemp trousers and turning vegan? Look, this is my sad and sorry attempt to to emulate John. Uh, from uh, from Miami well, Chicago now. L- leave me alone, Owen. If I want to try and grow it, I can try and grow it. It's not going very well, but I can try. Usually, I'm used to like just this kind of you know the line that goes down here. But I'm trying, and you can see a rough line. There's like a rough line there. I don't think it's gonna work, but we'll see. Um, but yes, maybe I am. <laughs> Kevin says, "Does Pepe deserve the treatment he's getting?" Um, he's not playing, so. Hmm. Does he deserve deserve to play over Saka? No. So you'd say he deserves to sit on the bench behind Saka. But in terms of like criticisms, he's on the bench. I can't really criticise him until he plays now. So I haven't really been targeting Pepe in regards to just flat out, you know, criticising him in regards to his ability. The only things I've said about Pepe is that I don't think he should be in the team right now because he doesn't get in over Saka. And I think that's the case. If anything, I've been quite complimentary about Pepe's finishing abilities over the last couple of weeks or so. Christopher says, Tom, who do you think was our best player yesterday? For me, it was Martinelli who was causing so many problems. It's between him uh, and and Tierney. I thought Tierney was excellent. Gabriel, I thought, was also brilliant besides the first kind of 10 minutes or so of the game. But Tierney, I thought, was really, really good uh, on the left flank. Tommy Asu, once again, was fantastic. Uh, There was a lot of good performances. A lot, a lot of good performances. Amish says, I don't think we tactically sit back after scoring early. Rather, it's a struggle to even cope up when the opponents move up a gear. This win proves nothing. We need to put up a show against big dogs. Look, I disagree that it proves nothing. I think there are positives you can take from the game. Tierney Martinelli, like I've said, the fact that we didn't sit back after scoring, I think that is something that's, you know, it's a positive. It's not any proof of you know it's not proof that we're going to do that moving mm-hmm. forward but it is a bit of evidence that we are capable of not sitting back and not absorbing pressure and not buckling under the pressure so i think that was certainly something to take from it but it doesn't prove that we've got out of our mire far 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 from it. uh rich says tom while both man united and everton were unforgivable performances is it to be expected with such a young squad do you think our youngsters just give too much respect to some teams Possibly that they give too much respect, but I don't think it's, you know, I don't think you can sit there and say, because we have a young side, we have to be okay with these performances when they happen. Because Arteta is responsible for building this team. He's responsible for playing the certain players that he plays, and he's got to get the most from them. I We still, in my view, have, to, as I say, the fifth best squad on the table. We should not be dropping points. We should not be losing to that Everton side. We shouldn't be. And so, therefore, I, I don't think I can contextualise that result, and I can't contextualise the Man United game anywhere near as much either. The only thing you can say about the United game is that we should have had a penalty on Tommy Yassi, but it, it, we didn't deserve to win that game. That's for sure. Let's scroll down a little bit more, and just in case I've missed anything, uh, Gustavo says, "Hey Tom, what would you say is more important? A midfielder like Renato Sanchez, what well, a midfielder that's always injured, uh, maybe a Vinading or a striker? Uh, I think that." Look, I think we have players that can score goals. It's just, at the moment, the the central midfielders of Xhaka and Partey are just so off the pace and so not giving us... what we And Xhaka's only just come back from injury, but he's not... In the last two games, he wasn't that great. He was just average, especially against uh, Southampton. He was fine. He wasn't brilliant. He was just fine. Partey has been underwhelming. I do feel like a central midfielder that could progress the ball, help us retain possession, help us to push forwards once we've scored. I feel like that could be really beneficial for the team. So I would say not necessarily Renato Sanchez, but maybe a player like a Alden that can score your goals in midfield, that will demand more of his teammates, that is experienced in that position for a six-month loan deal. That might be really beneficial. The striker, the striker is what it is. If we sign him, we sign him. Amazing, great, fantastic. If we don't, it's not the end of the world because I do think we have enough to last to us to at least the summer. But obviously I prefer us to sign someone. It's obviously the uh, <laughs> the preference where we are. because says, oh my God, I just woke up and I missed the show. Now I'm checking the results. Did you talk about the fact that most of the big teams won on penalties yesterday? Chelsea obviously won on penalties, uh, not on penalties, but due to penalties. Man United did too. Uh, I haven't mentioned that, but that is interesting and it's, you know, it's, when the luck falls your way, it falls your way. Arsenal haven't had that kind of luck this season. Um, I mean, how many penalties have we had? Bambiang's missed two against Villa and against Watford. Have we had any other penalties? Trying to think back now. If We have. Can't think of any other penalties that we have scored or taken. Arsenal don't tend to get too many pens throughout a season. That's the case. That's just, it's always been that way. We don't get enough. We don't get into the box enough to be winning penalties. That's what a big, big shame of these are. Um, Aditya says, Florian Grillich from Hoffenheim on the cheap or on a free transfer next year. I think you have brought up his name before, Aditya, actually. And uh, I don't know loads about him. I know from him, from the, from the Austrian national team, he's not bad, but... I'd have to do more digging on that one. Games FC says, Tom, do you think playing from the back works against the high press, especially against top teams? Look, it can do. I, I tell you what, it's better than kicking it long because kicking it long, I I'm not. I don't mean all the time. Sometimes you do need to relieve pressure and you do need to kick it long. But you saw yesterday that if you get your passing and your accurate kind of play and your, the, the speed of the break spot on, it can be really devastating. There's a reason why Man City and Chelsea and Liverpool play out from the back. And if we want to get to that level, we do need to develop our ability to play out from the back more consistently and more efficiently. And it can work. I think we've even showed it against big teams that we can push out. You think back to that goal we scored against Chelsea in the FA Cup final where we played out from the back, switched it to the right-hand side, Bella to Pepe and eventually into Abamyang who scored... Uh, sorry, not against Chelsea, we were against Manchester City in the semi-final. But you think about that goal, that shows that we can do it against the big teams. We just need to do it more consistently and more efficiently. MFB says, who would you give the armband to? Uh, it would be a toss-up between Tierney and Gabriel, to be honest. It would be one. Of, or Ramsdale. I mean, Ramsdale is continuing to prove uh, to be a, a very, very important figure. Uh, from kind of a mentality standpoint in this team. Tommy Asu, I mean, as well. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't noticed Tommy Asu really about kind of the way in which he speaks to players. I haven't really noticed that yet. But just from performance-wise, Tommy Asu looks a leader uh, right back with how he plays. That is absolutely certainly one that we would look to. No Sleep says, was the first goal yesterday the archetypal Arteta goal? I hope so. I hope that's what Arteta ball, if that exists, which I'm not sure that it does yet, I hope that's what we can expect from Arteta. It shows that we can play good, exciting, attractive football under Arteta. We just need to see it on a more consistent basis. Xander uh, says, uh, joint first in the home form this season, but 11th in away form. Does Arteta need to tweak his system for away games or is it more of a mentality issue? I think, look, I think it's mentality problems. Um I'm not surprised that we're winning at home. We have been able to make the Emirates a bit of a fortress. The fans, I think, at the Emirates this season have been a lot better than we have seen in previous years. You know, it's a stereotypical thing that the Emirates crowd is often defined, me being there too, getting frustrated with the lack of noise. But it's been better this year, I feel like, the Emirates has been. The Emirates have certainly got behind the the players a hell of a lot more than we have seen the crowd do in the past. Um, Being at Gaines myself this season... I've noticed that there's been a, a change in the way in which we we really get behind this side. There's a, I think it was James that said uh, two days ago when I chatted to him, James Mayer TV, that there's there's something kind of likable about this Arsenal squad at the moment. Put the manager to one side, there is something really likable about this squad. There's a lot, there's not many players that I don't like. Like there's not many players that I am really frustrated with, and most of them are the senior players like Aubameyang, uh, Xhaka. To a lesser extent, Partey, or I'm hoping is the quality and the ability to come out of this kind of rough run of form. But Abamyang and Xhaka are kind of the only real two that I look at in real frustration. I Going through the team, I love Ramsdale. I love Tommy Asu. I really like Ben White. I think that he's going to improve. I think he gets a hell of a lot more. I don't think he, he gets the plaudits that sometimes he deserves from how he plays out from the back and his passing. Gabriel's brilliant. Tierney and Tavares have been excellent. Lukonga should be starting every single week without a shadow of a doubt. You know I like Odegaard a lot, and I, it's not a case of I think he's a, an amazing player right now. I think that he's a really solid player that's got a lot of good characteristics about his game, and I think he gets scapegoated by a certain portion of the fan base unfairly. Martinelli's obviously great. Saka's great. Smith Rowe's great. The striking situation we need to sort out. I have respect for Lacazette. I like his, you know, I like his character but he hasn't really repaid the 50 million pound investment but i don't not like lacazette Bamiang, he's just just you know he's cost us it's it's not he's not set a good example and you i mean you look at players that aren't getting minutes at the moment as i say like lacanga and lights like of that we brought in this summer and that we like a lot um I'm not a big, I'm not a Rob Holdings biggest fan, but you know he's a solid backup who got us two FA Cups, and you got to respect that. Got on in, on his own, but he performed really well in those two cup finals. There is depth to this side. There's a lot to like about this side, but a lot still needs to improve. I think that we can all agree. On that, we have been going for half an hour. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. As always, uh, there won't be another show today because uh, I've got a very busy day and uh, I'm out this evening. But there will be a show tomorrow. Hopefully, there'll also be a podcast for you tomorrow as well. There'll be the 8am transfer show. We'll be back with all the usual transfer news tomorrow morning, and uh, we'll also be bringing a podcast to you. I'll also be, hopefully, as I'm sure I will be, on the Arsenal Lounge tomorrow evening uh with Lev and Shaheen and hopefully uh, Mo will be back as well I know I missed uh the last one, or the yeah the last one so hopefully we'll get that back tomorrow um and then there's lots more content for you coming in the week as we lead up to the January transfer window there will be more links to players that we have not been linked to and therefore we will need to cover plenty of them through some tactical breakdowns so make sure you stick around for that make sure you're subscribed for all the content and make sure you're also following the arsenal way there's plenty of content you can check out my reaction with hush after the game yesterday a very raw uh immediate reaction after the game too do drop a like on the video <clears throat> do subscribe to the channel as well and i'll see you tomorrow morning have a fantastic day and as always up the Arsenal. it's the 90 plus minute